All right, Buzz Buzz Babies, it's your boy Blake, and we are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz, and this week I have a comic book rock star in the house. Have you read Philadelphia? Have you read Nita Haas's Nightmare blog? Have you read the new Monarch or the new Blackula? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, I have the Rodney Barnes in the house, ready to nerd out and talk about all this awesome stuff he's got on shelves at the stores right now. I am so stoked to talk to him. I've been a big fan for a very long time. Rodney, man. How you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Oh, dude, an, an, an absolute pleasure. Uh, legit, you know, I um, like a lot of people, um, you know, a couple years ago, uh, that that vampire comic, Philadelphia, kind of took us all by storm, right? We we did not really know uh, what to expect when that started. And uh, 28 issues in now, you still, uh, you, you still, yeah. you, you still shock us at every turn, man. You can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't figure out where you're going to go. Um, and, and as bloodthirsty as that series has been, uh, it's even gotten more savage the last few issues. It, all these, uh, we got some key players that aren't coming back anytime soon now. Uh, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a crazy slaughter fest the last few issues. Uh, and, um, you know, and then the, the spinoff stuff, I know you're doing some things on, on your sub stack as well but like the mm-hmm. uh the, the nita haw's nightmare blog spinoff is uh, you know the 12 issues of that wrapping up that second arc um yeah you know i don't think anybody was anybody was let down with that either uh does it ever get exhausting just blowing everybody's goddamn minds all the time like what's it what's it like on that comic book throne um just writing books man i mean i think uh i tried to my first reader is Jason Sean Alexander. He reads everything. So, you know, he gives it the, the taste test. And if he doesn't like it, I go back to the drawing board. So he's my constant reader. And if I can wow him, uh, I typically put it out in the universe. But uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, we've been having a pretty good pretty good time. It's hard work, but fun work. And yeah, well, yeah, because you're doing this on top. You do a lot of like you do a lot of TV and Hollywood stuff too, right? You got, um, yeah. yeah, you got you got your fingers in some in some scripts on the on the silver screen and, and stuff. Uh, is it is it ever hard to balance? Um, you know, like doing doing all that and and you know keeping up with the deadlines uh, with w- you know with with these monthly comics? Yeah, always. I mean, it's a I got I wake up the editors yelling at me every morning. Um, that's what <laughs> comes with the territory. Somebody's gonna be pissed off this week. I just don't know. But um, you know, still, it's a it's a it's a fun problem to have. I would if if you told me when I was a kid that one day this would be my problem, I'd take it. It's a good a good a good problem to have. Those I like those kinds of problems too. Now, just recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, you have a new series dropping. Monarch number one uh, came out from Image, and Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're doing a little sci-fi action, little alien invasion story. Very much still your voice, uh, your vibes, um, you know, and, and and I'm I'm digging that in this new you know this new genre territory. Uh, what a, was it was it weird switching gears? I mean, you're you're doing so much horror, um, you know, all the time, and, and to to switch was it was it easy to transition to sci-fi or was it was it uh, a couple hiccups maybe? I mean, I look at it all as story. 
if I can find a human story under it, doesn't matter what genre it's in. Um, I try to use comics, especially as an exercise. Like I always try to practice writing and getting better and getting better. And with comics, because you know you're dealing with 20 pages primarily, it's a great way to be able to play with other ideas and other genre and other things. And so, as long as I can find a human story under all of them, I you know superheroes, horror, whatever it is, it's all sort of kind of the same thing. They're just doing different things, but the heart of the narrative is the same thing. I like that because there is a lot of heart in, in your in your stories and especially in your characters. All your characters seem so real, even if even if they are a an, a dead president who's now an undead president, right? Like these uh, these these you know bombastic out of this world characters, man. They still like their drive and their functions. Um, like uh, Abigail Adams, like I I'm I love her so like you love to hate her kind of right, uh, and then and then. In a, in a in a in a swift kick to the guts right you you kind of like put everyone on the same side and then start killing people off and, and and so you make us like these characters more and then and then take them away like i i definitely when i read your stuff i think of like uh that problem with writers how, how you have to kill your darlings sometimes right because i feel yeah. like you you too you there's so much care and finesse and agency in, in, in abigail and and how you brought her like uh you know from from the beginning of the series to now and that ruthlessness and the, the takeover and then and then learning more about you know how she feels about her marriage and how she felt you know you know being alive in a, in a time where you know women were just made to be small and, and unheard and, and invisible and then having to combat that like that was very real it was very and it was very like uh touching and and also sad too because you know right now in this world you know even with you know some of us that that are on you know the, the left side of things like there's there, we still live in a world where a lot of people are are are, are genders and races and you know depending on what side of the tracks you you came up on right like it, it, the world still tries to silence you sometimes and make you feel small so it was it was it was kind of interesting to see your commentary on that about how this is this this hundreds years long problem is still very much a problem you know much just like racism just like you know all these other things that america was built on like we're still suffering through today uh, it was really cool to see you play with that in a very bloody very violent very modern vampire narrative thank you uh, i mean i always try to the goal from the beginning was to try to humanize all of those ideas that you just mentioned you know generational trauma uh, patriarchy, all of that stuff. It's like if I can put it in in the minds and hearts of beings that have been here from the beginning, then maybe we could put some perspective to it versus making it just like words in a, in a textbook or something that feels like ancient history. Um, to me, making it relatable and trying to find empathy and hoping that people can see themselves in these characters is always sort of the goal. And um, that's what we've been doing for, I just turned into script to 30. So 30 issues so far. So we'll see how long we can keep going. 30. Now, is it, do you have an end game in sight or are you, or I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, like how the overall tapestry is going to conclude, but like, do you have like an issue count or, or are you just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride it till image takes the air out of the tires. Like, are you just like going to keep it going as long as you can? I think it's one of those things. Jason and I have decided on a, on a, a stopping point, but always leaving a door open for more, you know, if, um, just in case, I mean, I think, um, Right now, we're in our fifth arc, our fifth story arc. Um, 
it's a big surprise coming at the end of 30, which sort of resets everything. Um, something I don't think people see coming. Uh, but we probably, we, you know, we'll probably end before 100 uh, someplace in there. But in today's world, that's, you know, people praise us now for going this long. Whereas yeah. uh, I remember as a kid, like the Hulk books and Thor books, they were in the 300s and 400s. It's like that was just a natural thing. But uh, I guess with indie books, you know, you sort of, you know, end sooner, quicker. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Well, I mean, even in the big two now, we don't have these really long, drawn out runs for for single cre- no. single creators anymore, man. It's like I, I sometimes make the joke that that Marvel and DC don't think we can count past twelve, right? It's they got to like reset it all the time, and and reset I, the know, whole I, I get world. it. Yeah. Yeah. reset the whole universe not yeah. just the book like, wipe, yeah. wipe the slate clean and 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 start again uh but it, it uh, in indie comics too it's it's also a struggle you know like it's it's mini series and maxi series um you know right now like ninja turtles from idw is in the 130s uh which is that mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy you know like that walking mm-hmm. dead um you know that's that we those are the examples we have now you know when before that we can look at like spawn and witchblade and savage dragon and stuff like but these these big long runs they're just not a thing anymore so yeah to to make it to 30 and then if you count like the spinoffs right you you got 12 from nita right now i'm I'm hoping i looked in the solicits to see if like there was a solicit for 13 and there's there's not right now like i like it i like these spinoffs that you're doing in this universe and and i know you're doing uh you have you have two other projects on your sub stack that tie into the Philadelphia universe? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Gatlin is uh, a cowboy, well, kind of a gunslinger in hell. You know, he's managing, uh, working for, of course, in our main demon and the four major demons of hell. He's got his story going. And then 20 Degrees Past Rigor is a zombie story that takes place in Flint, Michigan. Um, and that's sort of working its way. All of them eventually will work their way towards uh, the idea of Philadelphia at some point, but for right now they occupy their own spaces. But yeah, I mean, I like mixing and matching. Nita's going to fold into the Philadelphia world and the main Philadelphia book for a minute because um, nice. we've lost a lot of people, you know, yeah. along the way. So we gotta <laughs> gotta find some new stories to tell. Um, but she'll play a really pivotal role, and um, I just actually introduced her and in, um, coming up. So um, it's a lot going on. It's a lot of moving pieces. You know, for a moment, the book started to feel a little claustrophobic to me because it was so many uh, werewolves and mm-hmm. vampires and a witch and demons and a god and you know, all of these different people. So I try sometimes to spread it out and thin out the herd so that it doesn't feel there's not a sameness to the book. Um, I always want it to feel different. I want every issue to feel completely different than the one that preceded it. Yeah, I, I, I would say you succeed in that by introducing some of those claustrophobic that you just mentioned elements, right? Like I, I remember when you first brought in uh, the the lichens through the through the Elysian Gardens, right? Like, and I was like, holy shit! And like, it was so good. And I love the way they're drawn and and how just like how like raw and violent they all are. Um, I I don't I think we need more werewolf literature. You know, I think like vampires and zombies, uh, and, and even witches to an extent, like they get all the glory, right? But it's it, it, yeah. we're 
there's like a big missing piece of like good lichen literature. So I was really happy that mm -hmm. you brought them in and I was really happy they stayed and had such a big presence in this new fifth arc, right? Like they're now they're not in the, the sub story anymore. Now they're in like, they're in the fold. They're all fighting in the war. Um, just some of the art is so is like just how violent and grotesque everything is. One, one of my favorite <laughs> movies is, uh, is, is dog soldiers. Um, mm. And it's like, I think it's the best, one of the, probably one of the best werewolf movies ever made all practical effects. They're done really well. Uh, I used to work, my first job was at Blockbuster and you know, you get like all these free rentals all the time. And after a while you run out of shit to watch. Right. And so you're, right. when you're, when you're, when you're putting the movies back, uh, you, 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 you find, you, you start grabbing weird shit, right? You're like, oh, I mean, I'll try it. And that's how I stumbled across dog soldiers. And it's, it's now turned into this like cult horror classic. And so like, I've always like been, you know, I've been proud of myself for like knowing that was cool before everybody else knew it was cool. But that's what your even your wolves look like the wolves from dog soldiers, you know, like they're very, very, very wolf in the face. Um, and you know, standing, standing upright, very tall, menacing, the big, the big hands and the claws, you know, like, uh, it's very similar to how Jason like draws those and design those. And so I really, uh, that really sung to me. And, and I was just very excited that they stayed within the narrative. Um, I, you know, I got, I fell behind. Right. So like, I, I, in the, when we set up this interview, I knew I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta catch up to Philadelphia. And then I was like, shit, I gotta catch up to Nita Hawes. And I was like, I don't need I just got Blackula. I got her. I was like, oh my God, I just, I just have read so much Rodney Barnes in the last week and a half and absolutely no regrets, man. Like that was that, like, if that was a literature class and it was homework, right. It's just, I always call it podcast homework. Right. You know, like that was a joy. That, that homework was an absolute joy. And, and I was reading it on my tab like at night and I, I like I like the you know physical books and stuff too but uh horror right. comics is kind of nice to read digitally because you can have all the lights out and and read on mm -hmm. your tablet and it just adds kind of a different element and so yeah man I, I remember like reading Nita Hawes like when I would because I I have I've been having weird issues sleeping maybe because I read horror comics all night I don't know but <laughs> like I would I would like wake up and and like you know go to the bathroom and get a glass of water and like come back and then like lay down and be like, well, I can't go back to sleep. And so I would start reading Nita Hawes. And then I got so wrapped up in it. It was like, boom, I, I went through like the first trade, like in a night at like 4 30 wow. in the morning, just like couldn't stop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then like, and, and it, it's creepy. Right. And that, that whole idea of like the, the paraplegic who's upset, who's possessed by this demon. And like, no one, no one thinks that it can, that it's that, that it's this musician. Cause he can't get out of bed and, and the art, like the, the tentacles and the, the like, intestinal tracks with the spikes on them and how they rip all these like it was so gruesome and awesome and like just exciting to read and i was like i was like man like this is so good and it and then you think about it and you're like this is a spinoff to like this is like a, a comic book spinoff you know and sometimes those aren't that great right also sometimes they're not written yeah. by the original creators so that you know th this is all yeah. this is all your baby and you're you're very like in it to win it and in control of everything but yeah man it, i w when i read that and then i found out like you're you were doing more stuff on Substack, and i was just like oh my god like 
I like I want this world to explode, right? I want I want like I, I want all the Philadelphia spinoffs. Like like don't let it <laughs> like I'm like drag it out. You know, so, sometimes people are like, well, some some things are better to end. You know, it's like end it early it's, instead of go on too long. And like this, I'm just like, how can, it can't go on too long? Like it just like go on forever. I need it. I want it all the time. It's it's so it's so fun. And 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 right now is a good time for vampires and comics. And you were you were kind of at the cusp of that. Like when when shit was kind of starting to burnout uh you came out with philadelphia and 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 these fucking vampire presidents right and and flipped all our <laughs> lids and blew us away and since then you know now in the, in the last year we've got bloodstained teeth uh jeff lemire has his little monsters um mm-hmm. and you know so there uh, now you've you've sparked interest in other creatives to like go back to these vampire worlds and, and you know these and and i i kind of see philadelphia as the reason that's happening is because you had this like fresh stylistic hyper violent but also like very well done great characterization tons of social commentary right uh and 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 fluid and and elegant right and organic and not beating anybody over the head with politics they're they're just there where they need to be and they make sense and they make sense for the characters and the decisions they make i am so impressed with your writing in that regard and it i mean like does it is it it do you ever have to like um is is it ever like tricky like do you ever come off like do you do you ever like check yourself and you're like maybe we're coming on too strong here or like like you said like you've got you've got jason in in your back corner double checking you but you know just with everything going on in in the world and and i mean there's a scene where a guy in 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 a maga hat gets his face ripped apart by a werewolf right and it's like you can't get you can't say anything more and, and it's like a it's a bigger panel too right and so and it's amazing and i loved it but you know in in, in today's world when, when we're dealing with a, a whole different kind of clusterfuck and a whole different kind of hatred and, and, and like mm-hmm. you know when when you're kind of playing with that in your narrative it, it, does it ever get like does it ever get tricky to keep that balance of like pacing and plot and commentary only once uh in issue 30 there's a very serious subject that um bothered me when i was writing it but it felt real and um in fact before i said this is the one to do i sent it to everybody in the team i sent it to uh you know, our PR people, I sent it to um, our editor, I sent it to Jason, I sent it to everybody. And I was like, um, should we do this? You know, and because it is, you know, it's a democracy, we're a team. And mm-hmm. yeah, I write the books and Jason draws them, but still, you know, you never want to be exploitative of anyone's feelings or, you know, I try my best not to, to keep me out of the book. Um, I try to allow the characters to be to not judge them, you know, regardless yeah. of whether you see them as good or bad. Um, they see the world the way that they see the world and they have their agendas based upon their wants and needs. So I try to keep me out of it. You don't know what my political beliefs are because I try to separate them. Um, I will try to portray both sides of the coin um, in such a way that it's about their passions and what they feel. Um and like I said, just not me, because who wants to deal with the real world and not have escapism be escapism? Now, that said, I try to be layered in my storytelling. I try to bring meaning to st- the stories and so that you feel a sense of connection and empathy with the characters. Um, but never to a point of where I say someone is good or bad. You know, um, mm. It's more about the choices that they make in a moment. And 
you know, they've got hundreds of years of perspective working for them in ways that we don't. So I try to imagine it from that place, not so much from the, you know, we have an immediacy when we deal, when we make decisions politically and socially as to what we feel and believe. They've seen everything. They've seen the consequences of everything. So there's a different kind of perspective that they have. And I try to place myself in their position to say, okay, not only was I a president, because it's very easy to make like, you have some books where you have famous figures, you know, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, or this, that, you know, other books. I never wanted to come from from a place where I was just sort of exploiting the idea of a president and using him as a vampire. I wanted it to legitimately be part of, okay, I occupied this position at one time, This I held this office, but, and that's a perspective. When I was there, I saw the world this way. And John Adams never, um, from what history says, never owned slaves and was more liberal in his thinking. So I'm sure his perspective from then to now, having seen slavery as it was happening, slavery abolished, slavery, you know, the Jim Crow laws, redlining, all this different stuff along the way. Mm -hmm. So when he's looking at race relations, he's looking at it with a completely different brush. You know, we read about it and, and experience it. But, you know, a lot of when we talk about history in the 1619 to now, it's mostly we're studying it. Um, he experienced it. So whether that's... Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, or some of the other characters, Abigail, uh, Brittany, Toppy, you know, whoever has gone through whatever entry point they have into the story, whatever part of history they came from, they're coming from a place of um, perspective. And that's one of the great powers of vampirism in my books is you're not just powered with immortality or charged with immortality, you also have perspective. And hmm. so when you're dealing with human beings, it's almost like... Um, I, uh, I've been to Africa on safari, uh, not safari. I've been on those safari trucks where you observe the animals, not shooting mm -hmm. or killing the animals. And when you see them go for a kill, you know, they have a process. They have a way that they go about doing what they do. It's not just as simple as um, catching something. They lay in wait. They may lay all day. You know, the the t the big cats lay in the tall grass and they wait for things to come by, and they surround it and they do certain things. And I look at vampires, and it's a similar thing too. When you think about human beings being your prey, something that you know so well because you were one, so you have this idea of what a human being is uh, personally. So you understand the fears, and you can exploit those fears to whether you're trying to make someone a vampire or. Um, whether you're trying to use them for survival because you need humans to be able to operate in the daytime. And I think um, Anne Rice did a great job with that as well. And I really love the interview with the Vampire Show on AMC. Um, in fact, when I saw that show, um, it actually made me go back and look at the Philadelphia TV show completely differently because it has so much passion in it. And I think in today's world, you need that type of passion. The book has it. I wanted to make sure the TV show had it as well. And yeah. um, I just think vampires are a really unique creature, you know, and, and myth and being able to explode them in a modern way is fun. Yeah, I've, I've always been fascinated with them. One of, one of my favorite college classes, I took a gothic lit class in my undergrad. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and it was so cool to look at like vampire literature, right? And then 
and then oh you know of course like twilight was so was like huge because I'm, I'm i'm going on 37 or i'm going on 38 sorry i'll be 38 in october so like you know when i was in college like these these fucking this travesty to vampires was like all over uh all over the cinema you know and and, and they, like they, they sparkle they, man What's they wrong sparkle with in the goddamn they sunlight sparkle, they, they like their one great yeah. weakness they they took away and and made it shameful still like i remember like that's because i I showed that scene. I, I did a I did a lecture for a class, and and I t- I was talking about like Stoker and uh how, you know how how vampire myths began with like burial rites that you know from like the dawn of existence and all this shit and like um these like the 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 old Slavic the way they used to bury people and the you know like a way like facing a certain way or they might rise from the dead and all this crazy stuff and um and I played that scene uh you know I had clips like ready from like vampire movies and I. I played that scene where he's like uh, uh he's, he's like sparkling and he's like don't look at me and she's like but you're beautiful and i was like this is horse shit and of course like all the all the women in the class were like but there's no it's the best love story ever and i'm like you there are plenty of vampire love stories where the sunlight risk uh still can be a thing you know and but i just have always been really interested in them like mythology's crazy anyway right like you know it's so it's so crazy there's like uh like werewolves um the loch ness monster the boogeyman all these monsters right that are supposedly not real uh and now I'm, i don't, don't want to go like conspiracy theorist on you and and, th- and and try and tell you that i think these monsters are real but it's it's just interesting to me that like stories from the time that civilization began since since people were able to write uh on clay tablets and since language was devised like these myths are there and repeat themselves in different cultures. Right. And, and so it's, it's interesting, you know, like, like, I, you know, like there's so many like alien sightings and stuff. And we look at this giant universe, you know, and it's, it's, so it's like, it's all just for us. It's all like humanity is so special. It's like all this is just so like we can look up at night. And if we're not in an overpopulated city where we've polluted the sky, we can see the stars, you know, like it, it just, it's, I think there's a lot more to like the world than we think it is. And, but I just always kind of wondered, like, you know, like there is, what is the reason that these stories keep, keep coming back and not even coming back, like evolving and changing. Like, you know, now, like when we look at like modern vampirism, you know, it's like, like you mentioned, it's these, these characters, you have to make real and give them real problems, give them marital issues, right? Give them, make them jealous, make them angry, right? Like what happens when these unhumanly creatures have base human emotions, right? And and of course they're going to have them because they used to be human. Uh, and again, that's, that's when I, when I go back to like Abigail, who's, who just completely surprised me, like every step of the way. Um, and we, you know, we also always hear like historically, like those, the letters they wrote each other, you know, like people have mm-hmm. studied and like, they had this like great love for each other, you know, and all this stuff. And, and then to, to see you like rip that apart, <laughs> like, but in a good way, you know, you, you need conflict or other, your story is going to be bland without, without conflict like that. And, and so to have like, there's this war breaking out in Philadelphia and also like the Adams's breakup <laughs> in the middle of it. Like I was just like, that's so smart. Like it, it's like this, this normal human thing. Cause people fall out of love. People get angry. People cheat. People hurt each other. People break up to, to add that, 
cliche human that, that cliche bit of humanity into into this makes it you know makes it not a cliche at all it makes makes the narrative do something totally new and totally fresh and like again like it's just like you're you're such a i don't want to like kiss your ass too much you know but i mean you're just such a, you're such a good writer and and it seems like you're you're just very good at like bringing moments like you're very in tune with like your humanness right and 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 very in tune with like you know uh culture and you know like you're not afraid to bring up like race issues and you're not you're not you're just not afraid to like tell the story you want to tell and i think i i think that's rare and i'm not talking about cancel culture culture i'm not talking about any of that i'm just i'm thinking like especially people that have been in the game for a while like the the comic book game and deal with deadlines you know i think i think sometimes you know stories maybe for an issue or two they check out they got too many things going on at once um you know there's there's like some dull moments you know and and I haven't seen any of those in, in the 28 issues of Philadelphia. I haven't, I didn't see any of those in the 12 issues of Nita five issues of Blackula. Give me a fucking break, dude. I ate that shit for breakfast. That was so good. <laughs> like, and, and then after reading Monarch, like your, your new book, man, I, I like I, after finishing Monarch, I've been like, I'm like, I needed that issue too yesterday. And I'm just like, <laughs> I've just been waiting for it. And, it's so like it it's just it's very cool to see and i'm so glad you had the the success you had and 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 you are a big you're big in the community too like the like people rallied around you there's like a really great philadelphia fan base online that they they like lifted you i mean they basically turned you into a golden calf comic book writer which i was i'm okay with it like let's let's party let's get weird right <laughs> but you know and i remember uh i remember when they announced like they were going to remake blade and there was like the the petition online to like get you to write the script for marvel you know and, and, and all of us were like so hoping that that would like happen but then it was like you know this isn't i, I mean i guess it you know that somehow the, the snyder people made it happen but like you know disney disney was like that's cute we're gonna do our own thing but um yeah and but now you're writing for marvel too right you're you you're writing yeah. everybody's favorite father and son story uh you're you've you've got the mandalorian uh writing mm -hmm. the uh adaptation which is also like also great um mm -hmm. it's cool to see i wanted to ask you about this so in an adaptation right so obviously like the script's written you can't mm -hmm. you can't really you can't really be like well, i think this would work better if he actually did this they're like well no it has to it has to do this but the way the way you and your artists pick like like viewpoints you know and mm -hmm. and what because it's we we get snippets right because we get these it's not a movie it's not a series so we get pieces and the pieces that you guys decide to highlight mm -hmm. what what's your what's your mentality on like on scripting something like that when you when you know the story and you even know the dialogue but you have to like pick and choose what important bits to, to do where was that have you done like any any adaptation work before was this like a new experience for you uh well i mean anytime that i'm doing uh i've done books i've done movies um tv shows um things that have been based on other things but i think in the case of mando it's more of really the hardest part is the plotting you know it's not really mm. writing in the traditional sense of it because there's a story that's already there I'm trying to take an hour of quality television, incredibly quality television, and condense it to 30 pages, you know, and still make it feel like it's a similar experience mm -hmm. as the one that you had on Disney Plus when you watch a show. 
And so it's always about trying to maintain the feeling and the pace, you know, of what you saw. That's the work. It, okay. It's not so much a thing of, um, like I said, in the other books, in the creator-owned books, and sometimes in the other spaces, it's about actually telling the story. Here, it's more of interpreting the story, but in a way that still feels um, organic to the original thing. It's a completely different thing. Like I just did a movie um, uh, for Netflix based upon a book, Right Around Shining. And um, I really deviated. I might have used three things from the book that were scenes, but everything else I sort of made my own, uh, which was a complete recreation. Um, whereas here, though, in Mando, it's virtually everything from the TV show. And it's just mm. assembled in such a way that it still feels fresh and that you would want to read it and hopefully um, still consume it. It's like in the TV show that uh, I write and produce, uh, Winning Time, you know, everybody knows what happened as far as you can just Google who won, who lost, all of that. But mm -hmm. hopefully along the way, there's a feeling that you get from going on that experience and, um, you know, seeing it, the process, you know, um, and not necessarily the outcome. So, you know, it's different in every instance, I guess, is the long-winded answer. <laughs> well, I, I do I do agree, like, um, you are very good at pacing, you're very good at structure, you're very good at tension. Like, you, those are some of your, like, nat the, some, some more of your natural, wondrous writer capabilities that I've, I've picked up, you know, reading your stuff. But, I mean, I, I can see how that could really help in, in an adaptation where, like, you want it to feel different enough that, like, people still want to pick up the comic even though they know the story, right? You're going to, like, <laughs> you're going to control you're going to control our experience and our you know venture through the plot differently than just watching it and that's you know and, and it helps that you have everybody's favorite alien and everybody's favorite father figure you know to the you know like people people were going to buy that comic you know whether or not you did a good job and you did uh because i i read that and, and i read volume one and really okay. enjoyed it and uh are you are you like a big are you like a big Star Wars nerd or was it like, or was it just like a, a job you kind of lucked out getting and you were like, well, I'm not going to fucking turn down Grogu. Like, no, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. It's evolved though. I'm not as much like, um, when I was growing up, you had to wait three years to see another movie. Right. Like now saw, we get like new two things a year. year. Exactly. Well, you get the TV shows, plus you get the movies and you got like for a minute, you were like, you got a lot of stuff. And with mm -hmm. all the merchandising, you feel almost like uh, it's around you. It's omnipresent. Uh, I'm not as much like I don't indulge in every single thing that comes up. I'm not yeah. doing like every single thing, but I do um, partake of some. Of course, I watch Mandalorian and I haven't seen um What's the other one? The one that just came out, I heard was really good. Uh, and Bobo, Duro. the last one? No, I haven't seen that either. Um, the only of the TV shows I've seen is Mandalorian. And okay. um, I didn't see. Oh, um, dude, that, dude, yeah. though that the hype is was great. the hype is so real. That didn't feel like a um, that didn't feel like a Star Wars franchise until like you yeah. actually s hear them say like things that you know or see droids. But yeah, that 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 was crazy. That that felt like a sci-fi, you know, j just like like a 
political thriller but yeah that was that was cool but yeah it's I, i'm i feel you man like we're at first it was cool like we're oversaturated in like marvel movies and 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 now star wars movies and like they're just going crazy on these franchises and they're printing money like i get it i know why they're doing it but you know sometimes it gets to a point where like there is sometimes too much of a good thing like i don't go see um i don't go see marvel i used to go to see marvel movies like you know thursday at midnight you know and like go see a two and a half hour movie at midnight uh and then of course like you're all hyped up and can't go to sleep for a while and then and then wake up early in the morning and you know be all grumpy and go to work right but I, but I was like cool with it but now i am like i'm totally fine with waiting until they come on on disney plus you know like that's how i yeah. saw um that's how i saw the new black panther movie that's all the all the last disney movies and, and and i enjoy them still but i don't really feel that urge to like a spend 20 bucks on a ticket um and see them right away uh and it's and i think it's because it's just because there's so much of it all the time like that that wow factor is 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 there when you watch it but like that need that like you know like that need for the next fix right to get that needle in your arm and and just shoot up that mcu toxin right like i just kind of lost a little bit of that and like i said when i like dude age like what the the new the new black panther like blew me away and i fucking ugly cried like two different times just because it was like so emotional and then um but it's it still i just was like i just kind of lost that need to like i have to see it right now i have to see it before everybody else and know about it and and I'm like that. I love Star Wars too, but I'm like that with you. Like it, there's just, there's so much of it and it's going to be there when I'm ready for it. And then, mm-hmm. and then when I'm ready for it, there's going to be even more to catch up with. Right. And, and now and like with all the comics. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but I, so no, that's cool. I mean, like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad we have it. Everybody needs a distraction. Like, you know, if that, if that, if that's, st- you know, it, it, it's like faith, right? Like faith isn't for everybody, but you know, f- for those who have it, you know, it makes your life better, makes you, mm-hmm. you know, deal with, deal with the lame shit but you know like you do that i'm not going to tell you what to believe i'm not going to tell you what to watch and what not to watch like i'm glad that it's there i'm I'm glad we have these things it's just i'm the same way like i never thought uh you know when i remember when force awakens came out it was like we waited all this time for a new star wars movie and since then you know like one movie a year and a series and all these marvel comics and it 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 turns into like the uh the w the the uh the cw shows right um i almost said wb because that's how fucking old i am like (laughs) it's like it's the cw shows where it's like oh like i didn't watch last season oh there's 25 one hour episodes i have to like find time to watch all these now and that's a lot like if if you have a day job even a, a moderate social life and a hobby that's a lot to like catch up on a giant season like that and that that's kind of what's happening with like with uh with marvel and, and star wars and um and it's and star trek now too like star trek on paramount there's like i'm still catching up on that and every i feel like every day i wake up and there's a a, a new star trek series i gotta mm-hmm. and i'm like man maybe one day um but yeah like i i'm still you know like i i struggle with you know trying to be like the, the comic book press and like deal with all the, the the shit i buy that i never read and then the free comics i get to like review and promote and all that and it's like when I, like and i i don't like i used to play video games a lot and i don't I, i'm not much of a gamer anymore and, and it's because i'm more into reading now but i you know more often than not mm-hmm. like i like to read and so i read a lot more than i than i watch movies or watch tv shows and 
and I do this too, right? So I got to do like I got to I got to interview fucking like you know rock star fucking comic book people, and then and then I got to like I got to prep and get ready so that I impress you, so that you think you, so you guys think I'm cool, and you tell your friends, and people keep coming on my show. They're like, like man, someone said that to me though the other day, Rodney. They they referred someone to my show, and they were like, he actually reads your books. And I asked, I was like, what kind of fucking podcast host or anybody would like have a creator on the show and not read the books? And and like several people some. were like, Blake, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah, you'd be there some. Yeah, I can tell. Hey, maybe you should do a thing. You ever think about uh, putting like George Washington or Thomas Jefferson <laughs> in Philadelphia? You know, that type of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. that <laughs> Spoiler alert. He did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay, yeah, like, that was okay. also one of my – I again, like the, you had these – I keep coming back. I wanted to. I I wanted to talk about Philadelphia, but I also wanted to make sure we talked about your other stuff. I've, I I will make sure that we know to get Monarch and Blackula that are available right now and totally worth your time. Like we will. I will bring those up again. But uh, you reminded me of another favorite part of Philadelphia. I liked where, just like recently, I mentioned in this now war. There's a there's a fucking war in Philadelphia of vampires, humans, and de- uh, of the dark and the light. Right. And uh, I also love that. I love that like primordial. It, we're not, it's not heaven and hell. It's not angels and demons. It's darkness and light. And that's like the, the, the original dichotomy, right? Like you, you have like gone back to the very, very beginning. And there's like, anyway, I, I, again, I love that, but uh, and we don't know which side is the good side, you know, we don't know which one is all, good. Yeah. Cause they're both they're like, they both don't seem that great. They both have virtues, <laughs> yeah. but they have virtues and they have vices, but yeah, yeah. our heroes are on the dark side. So yeah. Yeah. And, it, and and everybody's, everybody's got like, uh, their own agenda too. Like, you know, like, you know, like, Oh, we'll work together, but like, I'm still not your buddy, <laughs> you know? And it's like mm-hmm. anybody could get backstabbed or, or have their throat slit or, or you're staked or have their head be decapitated at, at any time. Um, but so before you started killing everybody in the recent issues, like right before that, it was like, um, it was like, Oh, boom, these presidents. And then it was like, Oh, Jefferson. And then, Oh, George Washington. And so you like kept bringing in and he brought in the fucking Illuminati and it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, and, and so these, like these little surprises that you give your readers uh and one of my favorite things because you know i remember i love that the cherry tree was brought up because that's you know that's what i remember as a kid like he can't tell a lie he was the best president ever america's amazing Uh, (laughs) and and but i remember like the wooden teeth story right and i Mm -hmm. kept like i kept thinking like the whole time i'm reading it i'm like like what are we gonna gonna hear about his wooden fucking teeth because like i feel like as he's a vampire and he's got real teeth and fangs like I, i was like this has to be a and you did you totally addressed it there and and jason drew it or like or i don't was that an issue that that might have been an issue that jason did the layouts for yeah maybe i don't know i don't remember that was right on the cutoff of when he started he's because he's doing uh he's working on the omnibus for his 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 older creator own series yeah 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 um but yeah when you guys brought that up and and when they when you mentioned like and so i didn't know this like if it's true like it fucking blew my mind and i feel like with all the the historical research you've done it has to be like they weren't wood he fucking had like no. the like slave he, the slaves that he owned he had their teeth in his mouth yeah, okay i never learned that in fucking co- i owe hundreds of thousands of dollars for degrees <laughs> 
No one yeah. ever fucking taught me that in grade school, high school, undergrad, or grad. No one ever taught me that shit. Uh, same thing yeah. with um, the the move bombing. Uh, when yeah. that happens, uh, I, yeah. I googled that because I was like, I remember, uh, I remember hearing about the Africans, right? The 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 family, mm-hmm. and I was like. Man, and you're and you're talking about Malcolm X. You're talking about all these things, and then they dropped that bomb from the the police dropped that bomb from the helicopter, and I was like, did this happen? And I googled that, and I was like, holy fucking shit, that happened, dude. That the same thing when I watched the Watchmen show, the the Tulsa riots. And, you know, Tulsa I never Tulsa learned like riot. they don't teach us fucking shit, man. I just feel like I was lied, like. And, and 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 what teaches me uh, an HBO series based on a comic and and your Philadelphia vampire comic have taught me more about history in America than, than going to school forever. Like it was fucking crazy. Um. So, anyways, like and Jupiter again, Jupiter like was a real person. Jupiter Thomas Jefferson's oh, really? friend. He was a real person. Wow. He was his boy. He was his boy um, slave. That was his job. Was to be Jefferson's friend. Wow. So are you like a huge history nerd or did this just come from um, research I, of the, of no, the comic? Over the, over the years, same thing you just said. It's like uh, over the years, I remember you have a, my memory kind of works in a weird way where I remember some things really clearly. And as a kid, mm. there was this book when I was in a library, seven, eight years old called the black book. And it had all of these pictures and stories that were so detailed about history and things I'd never seen is very visceral. And uh, my hometown, Annapolis, was a slave port. It's where uh, Kunta Kente landed from the book Roots. And there's Mm. little statues and monuments at the dock of him. And um, I just, it was so much history. I was surrounded by this colonial town. And, um, you know, George Washington had been there. And at one time it was the uh, capital of the 13 colonies. And so I was always surrounded by this political thing. But under it, there was a truth. You know, there was the part of the propaganda idea of the beauty of everything being pristine. And then under it, there was this uh, other reality that walked with it. And I was always intrigued by that. So anytime I could find um, things that sort of spoke to, yeah, this happened, but also this and this happened too. Um, I was um, I was drawn to that. So when I thought about this book, you know, it's sort of a. Uh, it's funny how there are professors who teach it now. Um, Sick. That's awesome. Yeah, I've spoken to some of their classes about history, and all I wanted to do was give history a voice. That yeah. was really the goal from all of it, and I just needed a vehicle that could have time and space and emotion, and there was nothing better than a vampire. But yeah, a lot of those things really happen, and I, usually what I do is I try to do at least for half or a third of the character is true, and then I go off into the mythology that Jason and I are creating. But but, you know, it's um, I do do research. I do do due diligence in finding out things that are anecdotes from history and things. Um, and I just try to put them up, spin them, turn them on their heads. Yeah, man. Well, you're, you're doing a hell of a job of it. Uh, I can tell you that much, man. It's it's such such like I said, such a joy to read and then a, and then and a shock shock to read as well. Um, and now I like I mentioned. So you've got now Zombie Love Studios, your own mm-hmm. your own kind of studio um, that mm-hmm. you've you released. Uh, Blackula, the original graphic novel, um, which I feel like if you pitch that around and people told you no, like that's fucked because it was so good. Um, but it was it was interesting to see you like, you know, drop this um, on an Amazon pre-order. 
um you know do it on, on, on with your own label the trade is gorgeous you guys did a great job printing it like all that spot gloss the the extra thick pages like definitely like a like a a, a book that i don't mind spending 20 bucks on like at all even even before i read it right i was just like this is a nice book and then you know the insides are fucking great obviously um but it, okay so this was cool because i love jason's art but his mm-hmm. art in this in blackula uh is a little more of his like of his painting style of his like gallery pieces they're more photorealistic uh you could tell he had a little bit of extra time to make these mm-hmm. pages maybe like the 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 image deadline for Philadelphia wasn't weighing over him <laughs> and stuff and it, just, it felt it just it felt like you guys had a little more time to curate I'm, this I'm, I'm gonna need a clip of that i'm gonna need a clip of you saying that so i can send it to him but yeah <laughs> uh, uh yeah no I'll, I'll clip it but i've because he's the same i've been trying to get I've, i always ask him if he wants to come on the show too i'm always like i'm always like when he posts something i'm like oh i love your art like hey <laughs> come on the show yes. um but i know i know like everybody's so busy um but you know that that's that's where you gotta you gotta like ask every now and then not be annoying right but then eventually someone will say yes and then that's how that's how you get cool guests on a podcast uh also yeah. you'd be really good at interviewing like me and actually read the books and then and then crazy <laughs> shit happens um but yeah it, it 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 was like the art in it is it stands up a little bit and um i love i love the way he's he, like he's drawn and in the battle with dracula um i love your comments on immortality and the the mundaneness of being immortal was so good right and and then also like fucking count dracula living in a trailer park trailer like a modular home like no glamour whatsoever like he's just like and he's bored and he's over it and he's just like i love that and i was like man that does that does kind of make sense because like you know wealth um you, you know so you know wealth doesn't last for or wealth seems to last forever when you think of like humanity in the sense of like hundreds of years but if you're alive for a thousand years like to to stay wealthy for a thousand years that's gonna be really hard even if you are immortal and ahead of the game and i mean i guess unless like you know he could have bought like apple and coca-cola stock when it was nothing if you really want to get like weird about it but you know i just love that you know he's not living in this castle uh he's not he doesn't he doesn't seem like the horror royalty anymore um and then and, and then you know on the other side we've, we've got blackula who's like escaped from hell and he's on this path of vengeance to the the being that turned him and uh you know and he's he's got this soul vision whereas count dracula has like no vision anymore like he's kind of given up right uh that was such a cool element to a wonderful original graphic novel and I, I i i've seen you know i've seen people post about it i've seen people order the books and get it right i think I think a lot of people knew about it. I actually thought this was one of your Substack books initially, but it, it wasn't. This is yeah. something. This was something totally new. So, like, what what made you want it? Like, what made you want to develop Zombie Love Studios? Is it only for you? Or are you ever going to open up submissions to other people, or is it is it just like for for you and, and your vision? Like, what's what's your kind of what was your goal and reasoning behind developing that? Well, you know, when you do TV and movies and comics, um, there's one thing that sort of connects all of them. I have to pitch to somebody. I have to go to somebody with an idea and hopefully they say yes. I wanted to be able to have an idea, wake up and just do it. Um, There's a cost behind that and there's a price that you pay. But um, 
there were there were stories that I love that I didn't necessarily see a home for, and I wanted to create a home for them. Hmm. Um, there's a way I wanted to create books that you wanted to keep, that you wanted to put on your shelf like a library, that you wanted to feel like, excuse me, we're special. And in order to do that, you need to be able to invest in the best of the best. It's like the art has to be great. The story has to be great. The design of the book, uh, shout out to Mark Murphy. Um, There's a lot that you have to put into it. The paper stock, as you said, you know, all the elements of making, constructing a book. It's Mm -hmm. not just telling a great story with, you know, good art or vice versa. Um, And so, you know, I went back to the idea of Blackula and it was something that I loved as a kid. Blackula sort of hit me when I loved the Hammer films and I loved the Universal Monsters as a kid. I had the models. I saw the late late night creature features and all of that. But I never saw black people. You know, I only saw maybe once in a while we would be a cab driver or the guy that pops in and says, he went that away. But it was never really at the heart of the narrative or any place substantive within the narrative. So, you know, when I saw Blackula as a kid, it moved me. You know, it was the first time I'd been in that stereotype typical uh, idea of a movie theater where people are talking to the screen and throwing popcorn at the screen and (laughs) communicating. It was an interactive experience. But I loved it because everybody was having this communal experience of seeing themselves kind of for the first time, but also in a movie that sort of held up for its time. It was connected directly with the audience that it was uh, aimed for. And as I got older and I would revisit it, I saw some of the more... um, complicated issues that was that were with exploitation and the movie itself. And so I always said that if the fantasy was, if I ever had the opportunity to redo Blackula, I would extricate some of the problematic elements and highlight some of the things that I thought really, really worked well, and then try to speak to the modern idea of what storytelling is in layers that I thought that um, Blackula held. But it was another thing, too. It's like when I saw Bella Lugosi play Dracula, he had sort of an elegance, you know, to it. There was, a, you know, he there was a way that he did this and he talked mm-hmm. to women and he was, you know, he talked to Renfield and he had a castle and he was so, so cool. And, you know, William Marshall, the late great William Marshall, who played Prince Mama Wall, the a.k.a. Blackula, had a similar gravitas to me. Um, and a lot of the black sport, the actors who were in black exploitation were making the best um, of what they had to work with, you know, and were really, really talented actors. And so my thing was, you know, if William Marshall was still here today, it's sort of an homage to him as well, um, to create something that I felt he would appreciate, the language, how he spoke, uh, as eloquent as he could be. Um, you know, so yeah, that was, uh, that was it. Now, is it is he is it public domain now, or did you have to like pay? No, to use I had the to go to I had to go to MGM and um, beg. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, uh, and so I had to go and get the rights and um, wow, all of that, and go through the legal process. Um, you know, all of that. So yeah, but well, it wasn't a, well worth it. I mean, I'm I'm sure that wasn't fun. <laughs> like that sounds it was, that sounds well, like a lot it, of paperwork. I had some. Um, 
I had some help. Nice. You know, a lot of a lot of mail from Orion um, helped uh, cut through some of the red tape and get to the powers that be. And so it wasn't as complicated as it may have been if someone if I was just coming in off the street. Okay. So I had a lot of folks that helped with the process. Nice. Now, how how is this like? You know, sales numbers and stuff. Like, how is it? How is it doing with like your vision? Like, is it is it doing as as well as you? I mean, obviously, as a writer, you always want more book sales right but like are, are you are you feeling good about it like through the you know since it since it didn't get you since the release wasn't like traditional um because it was through your own kind of publishing imprint like are, are, are you feeling okay about it um well there was a traditional it did come out on a wednesday at the comic book shop so oh, it did was, okay. okay yeah 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 uh for the people for the stores that ordered it um you know, we don't know the numbers yet because Amazon is in control of the numbers. At some point, they'll mm. tell us, uh, or Diamond will tell us, um, you know, what we do or don't have, what we've sold. I mean, the, and once, hopefully, Lord willing, we'll sell the first print and be able to do a second print. Um, but regardless, still very proud of, you know, this endeavor. It was a worthy endeavor, and Lord willing, I'll do a volume two and a volume three. Oh, dude, I hope I hope you do. And because it, it really was, um, it really was great. Because I mean, I know the character, but I wasn't like, incredibly familiar with it um and you know and and i loved i loved your short essay in the in the beginning how, how you talk about like you know your mom dating and how you kind of got wrapped up into that and, and and it was like oh you can you can take me out but you know rodney's yeah. you know you, you gotta, <laughs> you, gotta yeah. you gotta you gotta win my you gotta win my son yeah. over too you know yeah, and and, yeah. and how you like how you used your mom's dating life to like get you into this theater that you've been dreaming of. you know i thought i was like man like the the, the cosmos aligned right like everything it's very rare that that happens for people you know and 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 now like because of that you know because of that experience and and you know like that changed how you are as a writer i feel like you know like all these decades later um and and you know like that's still so important to you and you know you're writing one of the best vampire narratives of our time um and and now you're writing another vampire narrative that's that's equally great um are you is it does it just feel like it's in the same universe because it's you and jason but or or like is it like could could that tie is there a way that you could tie that into phil like have you or is that have you thought about that like or like to to kind of like to bring him into the war um and and have um i've heard it a lot you yeah. know i hear it a lot and people ask me to question a lot um i wanted black and little feel different than philadelphia even though the art is different uh, i mean even though the art we're the same jason and i the same team i wanted it to feel separate um is there a space where they could exist? I'm sure after the events of issue 30, who knows what could happen? Man, um, that's like I said, the whole everything changes. So it's, it's, uh, who knows what could happen? I, I can't give it away, but yeah, <laughs> people do seem to want those two worlds to intersect. If I can find a story that I feel is worthy, because the thing with Philadelphia is a lot emotionally goes into writing Philadelphia. I have to mm -hmm. feel a way. There's a, a, there's an emotion thematically, you know, like some of the stories sometimes are, um, um, I find a theme and usually it's anger or it's humility or it's um, guilt, whatever it is. And I got to go to it in order to be able to write to it so that I feel it. I yeah. feel it. And then I hope you guys feel it when you read it. So I got to find that for this. I got to figure out a way to, um, to sort of inject that into it as well. So 
We'll see. We'll yeah, see. and because because you know I love the way it ends because even if you never went back to it, which I feel like with the love and passion you have um, for him, you need to because uh, I don't I don't think you're done with it. But the way no, that the way that original graphic novel it ends well, right? It's like it's it ends with like a a, a new beginning. Um, a glimmer of like hope in the darkness there's you know there's there's a there's a means to go on but you know just in case if, if nothing ever happened it, it works well as like the, the five issues that are collected in that ogn um but mm-hmm. at the same time you know you, when you finish reading it you're like okay like maybe yeah so something else could happen you know like or uh, you know he, he could almost he could almost be like a, a superhero like, you, you, you do take it into a whole bunch of different ways uh that you know of course like i'm not i'm not gonna to tell Rodney Barnes how to write or what he should write, but I, I just see there's a lot of, of, of very cool places you could take that you could take that narrative uh, elsewhere, um, and 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 so are you planning on um, like what what else are you? I mean, obviously you probably can't announce projects, obviously and stuff, but like mm-hmm. what else are you kind of wanting to do with this imprint? Is it are you like is that is it just is it just going to be uh, uh, like written stuff like prose or, or graphic novels or or like you know could be like a film or something like is 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 your is is zombie love studios like is it is it open to the medium or are you going to kind of try and keep it focused uh well our next book is florence and normandy uh written well story by myself and the rapper rapper actor exhibit um and then we have a ghost story crownsville that's coming and then we have a um a serial killer story set in the 1920s the butcher cool. of black bottom that started on my Substack, and then we have a a big book with a celebrity whose name i can't say out loud right now but um that i'm also doing a uh, blade runner-esque future-esque uh dystopian thing so that's coming from the book side of zombie love as far as adaptations yeah they'll probably be if you know if studios and networks are interested in the material um certainly i'd love to be able to expand and there have been some of those conversations along the way but nothing i can say out loud because it's not formal or finished but um yeah i mean there is no better i'm a writer so whether i'm writing a movie or a tv show or a comic um there's still the desire to write. So as whatever the medium is, you know, one of my heroes is the late, great Richard Matheson, who I believe his birthday is either today or yesterday. And, you know, he wrote Twilight Zone episodes. He wrote the Night Stalker um, movies of the week. Uh, He wrote I Am Legend, you know, um, Somewhere in Time slash What Dreams May Come. Um, Wrote so many different types of things. He was sort of Stephen King before Stephen King. And I always wanted to be that kind of writer. And one of the reasons why I write different things is so that, you know, you don't get pigeonheld into saying, okay, well, you can write vampires, but can you write this? Can you write that? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I always wanted to be, you know, so some dexterity and um, sort of be a renaissance man when it came to the types of stories that I wrote. So, yeah, um, all of that to say, Zombie Love, Lord Willem, will be able to cross some mediums and do some things and um, knock on wood. We'll see. Very cool, man. Yeah. I mean, even 
you know, and and it, even though I asked if 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 Blackula was going to bleed into Philadelphia, it it does feel like its own. And like like I said, it's it's just it's easy to say that because of Jason's art, um, just because mm-hmm. like it just feels, you know. Yeah, but it is very it it is different. Um, it's it's uh it's oh it, it's like on a it's like on a different kind of emotional level, right? Like in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. we've got like, you know, we've we've got people, you know, the, the new loves blossoming, people falling out of love. The, I love the father son story um that you just break our fucking hearts oh my god um <laughs> i'm really close with my dad so that was and he's and my dad's getting older right and so like that was that was a lot to kind of tell i was like i was like whoo like i was <laughs> wasn't i wasn't prepared for you to like fucking wring my heart out uh in the last few issues like like you did but it, it was great it was great and i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't change it you know like everything everything happens how it should and how it needs to and how to you know how to how to push the plot uh and so but yeah it, so black blackula felt very different uh the pay was you know the pacing was a little slower but also you're you're coming from like all out war to like kind of a more intimate revenge setting in blackula which i dug um and then yeah like i said jason having having a little bit of extra time to 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 really lay into those panels um i i really appreciated it. it was just like it was just just gnarly man he's he's so he's so talented and the two of you guys you two of you guys get together and make magic and i, I love that for nita like he helps you story t- or well, i mean he obviously helps you with the story in various aspects he's not he's not like just the artist you know like waiting for your beck and call to direct him what to do like you guys have a great you guys have a great working relationship and and build yeah, off I each just other. Had a- I just hand them a script. Yeah. You know, I very rarely direct. There's some things where I say, you know, a splash page or something like that needs to be a particular thing. But more often than not, I just hand him a script and let him go. And he just goes. Nice. Yeah. He's, I, I, I love his stuff. And, and it was, you know, I, I, people that see his artwork, it just like every, I, I, everybody's just so like enraptured by it. Right. It just like, it just, it really takes you. And it's like, even when it's like scary and horrific and grotesque, it's just, you can't help, but you know, it's like, a, it's like a train wreck, right? You just got to stare mm-hmm. at it. You can't look away. And then you're, you're kind of mm-hmm. changed by it simultaneously. So yeah, it's, um, but I was, I was really stoked. Like in Nita, you know, initially I was like, oh, he's not doing the art, but he's like, yeah, like you are, you're both still telling the story. And, and I think that that's another reason why that, that story was so rich. And like those, those 12 issues that the volume two comes out in April. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, if you want to wait for the trade or if you could get volume one and, and buy the next six issues, to, you know, right now. Uh, and it's, it's excellent, man. Like, it, you know, a lot of time, like, like I said, like in, in spinoff territory, we don't always get that lucky. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you guys, you guys kept it 12 out of 10, like all the way through, like, just absolutely like enhancing this world that you guys have already built. That's, that's, you know, uh, ruined by the undead and, and the dark and the light and, uh, and, and, and the, the mythos that you expanded upon and built is you're, your guys are really fucking good at world building. Like it's, it's Thank this you. world we know, um, but not at all. Right. <laughs> it's like totally, totally <laughs> different. Uh, and, and, and now you've done it again, uh, with, with Monarch, uh, your, your brand new image book. Um, except instead of vampires ruining everybody's day, 
um it's it's the it's the foster system and and fucking aliens and like again like i it's been a it's been a while that i've read a premiere issue that hit all those beats so perfectly um that ended in such a like what a fucking cliffhanger i won't spoil it for people it's pretty new so i don't want to spoil it for anybody but like Anybody who reads this issue and is like, eh, I don't really need number two, like call your fucking doctor because you need some help. There's no way that you can read that number one issue and, and not just just like be waiting uh, at the comic book shop. Like like people wait, like people camp outside for fucking sneakers, man. Like I I cannot wait to get this second issue and um and see more of these like these alien creatures. Um I love the Independence Day nod, like the way that the way the UFO like enters into the atmosphere in the cloud and and then the big sh- you know like but again like it's just a nod and you very much you very much like put your own spin on it and it, and again like on top of this outrageous alien invasion narrative there's this intimate sad emotional story of foster kids that you know one of them got a little bit lucky and one of them got was forgotten about right and and grew up alone and on the streets and didn't have anyone to look up to and the pain of that and you mentioned that that's like an ongoing element in that first issue is is that pain and what pain does to you and and how pain makes you how how, how it makes you feel makes you think and it influences your decision making and how you live your life and that was so all, all of this in 22 fucking pages, ladies and gentlemen, like it's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, and, and just a really great, really great issue. Um, I, I read some of the reviews. It seems like it's, it's getting reviewed. Well, it seems like people are digging it. Um, were, were you, um, like I, I, you've mentioned like also doing like a Blade Runner esque tale, which is like after this man, like I love your horror writing, but dude, like I'm, I'm never going to be mad at you if you fucking write sci-fi. Like you're, you're really good with genre fiction, man. And, 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 and that's why, that's why it's the, it's these hardcore emotional beats and, and the real humanness you implant within the narrative. I've always said, that's what great, that's what makes great horror, right? Is like horror needs to make you laugh, cry. It needs to make you hungry, horny. It has to, it has to play with all your feelings as a human. Right. And then that's how it scares you. Right. It, mm-hmm. it gets you comfy in the thing that you know and then startles you with the unknown with that with with whatever monster or demon or serial killer or whatever comes at you and you do that really well uh and and that's you know sci-fi does that as well you know like you have to remind people what it is to be human and then you have to remind them of like the true alienness of an outer world experience right and that's again like you just do these things naturally and as someone who like was in an mfa program and i wanted to be a writer like I'm like I'm so like impressed and aggravated by you because you just you make it seem so easy, which I know I know it's like I feel like it's not like I, I you know I feel like when you deal with the, with these high emotional pieces and and w- like you said like when you when you deal with when you think about grief or you think about envy or revenge and jealousy you know like you have to put yourself in those moments you know like I, that gets taxing right like the, you know, the people are always like well the, the artist and the art is different but yeah but you still sometimes you got to go into those dark places to, to Mm -hmm. pull out the brightness. Right. And, and, you know, some, some, some people go too far into it. Some people don't go far enough. You, you know, you've found this like really good median of like how, how deep you need to go like beneath the skin, you know, floating around the organs that like innate humanness in all of us, you bring that out into these crazy scenarios and, and they work so well. Um, how, how, how you, how, 
how are you feeling on, on your on your premiere of, of Monarch? Like, are you feeling pretty good? Yeah, I'm feeling great. I mean, I think, um, again, all of them, like when you speak about Nita and Monarch and Blackula, it's like, you know, the, the most... One of the satisfying elements is people seem to really enjoy it. And, you know, across the board, for the most part, there's a, there's an appreciation for the work, which makes the work a little easier yeah. um, because it, it's a lot of it. And when you have to sacrifice time, you know, just for yourself and then you're constantly, I'm constantly at this desk writing. Um, and the times where you don't feel like you want to do it and those types of things. But when you can look at how it makes people feel and how people connect to it. And like I said, you right now, we should take this interview and send it to my therapist uh, so, so she can play it back to me. Um, it, it's uh, it makes the work worthwhile. You know, it's like I don't think anybody makes comics just for money. Yeah. Um, we are because there's not a whole lot of money yeah. in it. But um, we do it because we love it and we talk about it because we love it. And part of the beauty of this is being part of a community of folks that sort of dig fantasy, whether it's horror, sci-fi, whatever it is, superheroes. And just being a part of that still takes me back to being a kid when I traded comic books with my friends. And we got in fights over Avengers 100, Barry Windsor Smith's one, and I really, <laughs> really wanted it. And, you know, whatever the book may be. And so, yeah, it's it. I feel good about Modern. I feel good about all the books that come because I know I put my heart into them. And you could never, you know, and Jason always tells me this, uh, you, know, you could never really know how a book is going to connect with people or not connect with people. Yeah. Uh, you just put it out and you hope for the best. It's like a, a bowling ball. You leave your hand and you hope it doesn't go in a gutter. Um, but I typically across the, my career, whenever I put 100% into something, it has resonated with the, the people that I figured it would resonate with because it's coming from my heart. And the more I write from my heart, um, the more satisfied I am with the outcome. When I write with my head, I can be, you know, it, it'll be quality work, but it still won't resonate in the same way it does when I'm emotionally connected to the work. So I try my best, you know, as a practice to operate from a place of how does this make me feel? Nice. What are the moments within this that make me feel something? So hopefully you feel the same thing. Uh, well, I, on that note, I, I I do think you're succeeding. Um, like, I, obviously, I don't, I don't think I could say it enough, but yeah, like a lot of your stuff really, really resonated with me. Um, like I said, like, you know, thinking about my dad and getting older and like, and, and losing my dad, which I may not have lost him in a vampire war, or I may not, I don't think I'm going to lose him in a vampire war in the streets of Philadelphia. I don't know what could happen. I can't tell the future. Right. But you know, he is, we're both, we're both getting older and, and things are different and it's just, you know, it, but like you made me think about that, uh, in a, in a, in a way that like made me uncomfortable, but also like also was, a, you know, to, you know, it was made me happy that I have a good relationship with him, you know, cause there's so many, Hopefully, a lot of people, the, a lot of people don't, um, with their parents the and stuff is to be, the goal is to make you feel grateful. Yeah. You know, for what you have. And that's, well, that's, that's, you're, you're doing it, bud. And, and what's it like? I, I got, I, I know I know I kept you for a, a while now. Uh, one one more quick question is is it is it weird not working with Jason 
on the new series like because you you you've done i know you've had some guest artists on on philadelphia um at, at times um but like this uh with with monarch we you know we got a we got a new art team um you know you're you're dealing with different people like is, is there ever was there ever a moment where you were like uh i don't i don't i mean obviously you guys can't work on everything together nor nor would i like i want you guys to do different stuff with different people too but was mm-hmm. it just you you guys have done so much together over the last couple of years was it is it kind of was it was it kind of weird to like switch gears with a new team or, or were you like finally i need a break no. from this dude <laughs> well i always need a break from jason jason is <laughs> but uh everything sort of runs through zombie love as a idea so we sort of run it all the same. And Jason is the art director for Zombie Love Studios. So every artist he picks. Oh, wow. You know, he, he picks the artist for Nita, for Johnny Gatlin, for um, everything. You know, Florence and Normandy. I don't know these people. You know, he just says, <laughs> he's like, I think this person would be great for this book. And I go, okay. You know, I've never, ever shot him down or said no because his taste you know, he, he's um, he, he's an elitist, you know, so that has worked for me and for him. And I think um, as long as I can nail the story, I'm comfortable in the fact that the people that he's choosing and guiding um, are going to execute it with the same heart and that I'm hopefully am putting into it. And so far, 100 for 100 so i'm a fortunate guy yeah it's um uh so it's it's alex Lins and the, and you've worked with luis alex is doing a great job um yeah like you luis you've had done you've done work with philadelphia yeah. luis has done nita luis has done some of the substack books um luis has done virtually everything that we've done so luis has been there from the beginning but and monarch is brighter it's a lot like it's yeah. a lot more it's like bright and vivid and yeah. ne- neon at yeah. times with the laser yeah, blasts Marshall in the sky through. Yeah, Mar Silvestri, I think, is doing the uh, colors on this. But yeah, wanted a different tone and a different feel. That's the same nice. thing with wanting a different look, that you don't want it all to feel that grayness. You know, Blackula is a very gray, dark book because it's mostly at night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's in graveyards and all of that kind of stuff. But sci-fi, you want it to be galaxies, planets, you know, nebulas and different stuff. So you want it to feel like a different kind of feeling. So... Yeah, I mean, I wanted it to feel more like War of the Worlds, so that's um, that's sort of the thing I wanted mostly in the daytime. Nice, yeah, it's uh, like I said, man, I'm I need that second issue bad. Uh, I got it. I need coming. to know. I need to know it's what happens. It's surprises coming. It's what. It's not what you think it is. It's I'm almost. I'm almost scared. Like issue two is going to be like a like a flashback backstory, and 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 then like issue three is going to bring us back to like what happens. But it, but that could also work too. But like I just there's again like everybody if you're listening to this if you haven't picked up Monarch like you need to get it. Uh, like please get it. It's so good. Uh, Blackula is available right now. Uh, you got 28 issues of Philadelphia to read. You got a brand new, beautiful fucking hardcover out. Like you got that sexy image hardcover treatment, which I'm like, uh, that book looks gorgeous. Uh, I am just so glad that like, that you just continue to have the success you're having because I feel like you work really hard. Uh, you treat your fans really well. You treat the comic book community really well. And you know, I, you deserve it, dude. Like you, it's, it's great to see hard work pay off and, and, and see the good ones succeed. And, uh, and, you know, now like, you know, you're, you're doing, you're doing Mando at, at Marvel and, and, and I hope, I hope they, I hope you keep your foot in the door there, man. Like I, I, I always, hope they give you yeah, other opportunities yeah, yeah. to do always. some fun stuff there. They, are, they always do. I mean, Falcon was my first comic there and, um, 
I've done a cloak and dagger story. And like I say, I, they're always coming with things here and there, you know. So, yeah. And I may be going to another company that you've heard of as well doing a big thing. Nice. So, you know, so it's, always, it's always stuff happening. Always man. something. Well, Rodney, I, I've kept you for a while, man. This is, like I said, this is so great. Like, thank you so much for giving me a shot, giving me your thank time. You. I so appreciate it. Uh, uh, real quick, just let everybody know, like, um, where's where's the best place to keep track of you? Um, I know you got you got your socials and your Substack, you, um, and then um, and then you got the uh, Zombie Love Studios. You want to give a shout out to where we where we follow you and keep track of all that stuff? Instagram and Twitter is at the Rodney Barnes um, Zombie Love LLC for Twitter and for Instagram as well. There's RodneyBarnes.substack.com for my Substack stuff. There's ZombieLoveStudios.com for the website. Um, that's probably about it. If you need to get more, then you're probably a bill collector. And I don't want to find <laughs> so, um, that's enough. That's enough for you. If there's anything past there, you know, it's, I don't want you to know. But, yeah. Yeah. You, you, you still got to keep some secrets. Um, yeah. everybody, thank you so much for listening. Rodney, again, thank you for coming on the show. This is so thank great. You, Seriously. You guys got to pick up Blackula and Monarch and get like, if you're like me and you fell behind on Philadelphia, you got to catch the fuck up babies. And Nita, Nita Haas nightmare blog like oh so good and we just mentioned like you can get volume one and the backup issues or you can wait till april the new trade comes out in april from image um i'm, I'm just oh i'm so excited i'm so excited this was so cool man like thank you rodney so much dude this was a, a huge pleasure i'm so excited for my audience to listen to this and and again wish you the absolute best of luck in the future dude thank you brother i'll nudge jason for you and try to get him on here for you <laughs>